0: Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month, June 2018 Strange and Scary Mysteries of the Month is a compilation of the weird, disturbing, and downright baffling stories currently happening in our world. From UFOs and serial killers, to ancient sites, mysterious creatures, and even ghosts. These are the Strange and Scary Mysteries for the Month of June 2018. Number 5. Wife Charged with Murder 17 Years Later For 17 years, Denise Williams lived as a free woman in Tallahassee, Florida, working at a desk job in Dope Campbell Stadium at Florida State University. 17 years ago, on December 16th of 2000, Denise's husband Mike disappeared while supposedly going on a lone duck hunting trip at Lake Seminole in Jackson County. Denise said he likely fell from the boat and probably got eaten by alligators. She played herself off as the grieving widow and asked for her privacy to be respected during her time of mourning. Mike's mother, Cheryl, and much of the local law enforcement, however, never bought her story. Denise became administrator of her husband's estate and within six months of his disappearance claimed him legally dead without ever notifying his family. For compensation, Denise received $1.75 million in life insurance money and five years later, she would marry Mike's best friend, Brian Winchester. Brian and Denise had been having an affair behind their respective spouses' backs for years. Eventually, they decided they wanted to end their respective marriages and be together forever, and so they began conspiring a plan to eliminate them for good. They first thought of causing a boating accident where Kathy, Brian's wife, and Mike would die leaving Brian and Denise alive. Eventually though, Brian begged off and having Kathy killed and decided only Mike would be the casualty. For nine months, Denise and Brian discussed their plan. Brian helped Mike obtain a $1 million life insurance policy six months prior to his death. This was in addition to other policies he already had in place. If he died, Denise would collect close to $2 million. The two could then be together and they would have enough money to live happily ever after. Or so they thought. On the morning that Mike disappeared, he was heading out to go hunting with Brian. Once in a remote area, Brian shot and killed Mike, leaving his boat behind. He then drove back home with Mike's body in the back seat, picked up a tarp and shovel, and then drove to the end of Gardner Road and buried Mike's remains in a two-foot shallow grave. Five years later, Brian and Denise married, but over time, their marriage would fall apart. In August of 2016, after the two filed for divorce, Brian became increasingly paranoid that she would turn her back on him and spill the story of Mike's death. So he kidnapped Denise and held her at gunpoint in her car and made her promise not to tell authorities anything. But she did tell police about what had just happened, and Brian was in prison for the kidnapping and sentenced to 20 years in prison. It was here then that the real story of what happened to Mike finally unraveled. In a plea deal that gave him immunity, Brian told of how the two had planned and agreed to murder Denise's husband. This also led to the discovery of the body, closing once and for all the story of his death from a boating accident. Denise Williams was arrested on the day her daughter turned 19 years old as she worked at her desk job. She was charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, and accessory after the fact. Number 4. Search for Kimberly King It was September 15, 1979, when 12-year-old Kimberly King from Detroit, Michigan left home to stay overnight at a friend's house. She had told her parents she was staying at her best friend Annie Kim's place, which was just across the street from where her grandmother lived. However, this was a lie. She meant to meet up with her older sister at her grandma's house to go cruising around town, but plans changed and her sister couldn't make it. Kim found out the plans were off, but she still headed out anyway. She then called her other sister around 11 p.m. from payphone and when asked where she was, Kimberly simply said, I'm at the corner and told her she was staying the night at Annie's. Where specifically she was at the time, no one knows for sure. Her sister told her to get back home before hanging up. The following day, Kim's grandma called Annie's house and asked if she was there. She admitted that she knew about Kim's plans and the police were promptly notified. Neighbors were asked and the kids questioned. Initially, the police thought Kim was a runaway and treated it as such. It wasn't until two weeks later when the police began considering that something much worse may have actually happened. Leads and tips poured in, including one sighting of a girl described as Kim, but unfortunately none of them led to her or information about what happened to her. Fast forward to 2018 and the case of the missing 12-year-old took on a new life as police searched a property in a Macomb township some 30 miles from where Kim was last seen. The same property was where the remains of 13-year-old Cindy Zarzicki of East Point were found in 2008. She had gone missing in 1986 after being lured and raped by convicted child molester Arthur Rean. Arthur was known for picking up teen hitchhikers. And while he hasn't been charged with the disappearance of Kimberly King yet, police have probable cause he may be tied to it, along with the disappearance of 17-year-old Kelly Brownlee and 15-year-old Kim Lero, among other girls. Currently, the investigation is still underway. Number 3. Mysterious Wolf Dog Creature Shot On May 16th, a rancher in Denton, Montana shot a large canine creature that came within 100 yards of his livestock. After killing the animal, he reported it as required by law, but to their surprise, no one could identify what type of animal it actually was, and news about it spread fast around the internet. The carcass was brought to the Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Park facility, and then to a lab in Bozeman to be studied. It was determined to be a young, non-lactating female from the canine family, which includes dogs, coyotes, foxes, and wolves. Initially, people thought the animal was a young wolf, and while it does have features similar to a wolf, its ears were too large and its body and legs too short. On the other hand, the fur was also uncharacteristic for a wolf. The animal had a large head, a long snout, and grayish long fur. It also had short teeth and long claws. When photos of the unique creature were published, many chimed in saying it could be a wolf-dog hybrid, and while it's rare, dog-wolf hybrids have been reported before and contrary to some beliefs, interbreeding between the two species is possible. More colorful theories of what the creature could be were also presented on social media. Some have suggested it could be the elusive Chupacabra, or a possible Shunka warakin, which is a hyena-like creature. Others say it could be a werewolf, some sort of thought to be extinct animal that slipped through the crack or a dire wolf. For now, DNA samples have been taken and are being analyzed to see once and for all what type of creature the animal is. In Montana, wolf hunting is permitted and residents are allowed to kill them in case they threaten anything on their private property. According to researchers, there's approximately 900 wolves currently in that state. Number two, teen killed while on the phone with her mother. Every time 15-year-old Bailey Bagshaw arrived home from school at 3 p.m., she would call her mom to let her know she arrived safely. On May 7, 2018, it was no different, and when Bagshaw arrived at the family's Salt Lake City, Utah home, she immediately called her mother. However, this time, something horrible happened. While still on the phone, someone snuck inside their house and brutally attacked the 15-year-old girl. Her mother was on the line while the attack was happening and heard part of it before the call was abruptly disconnected. Her mom immediately called a neighbor and then 911. When police and the neighbor checked on Bailey, she was already dead. Cops wouldn't say how she died but only that she was brutally and violently attacked. Following the murder, Sean French was named as a possible suspect. The 24-year-old had once lived with Bailey and it seems they had developed an intimate relationship. When cops found out, they issued a warrant for the arrest of Sean for possible unlawful sexual contact with a minor. They had no idea where he was and called for the public's help in locating him, believing he was on his way to Colorado, Ohio, or Wyoming. Eventually French was arrested and confessed to the murder of the young teen. He told police he entered the home through a basement window before brutally attacking her. It's a nightmare no parent should ever have to live through. French is still in custody at the Salt Lake City County Jail while he's awaiting trial. Number 1. Serial Killer Confession A proclaimed Mexican cartel hitman, Jose Manuel Martinez once lived on and off in Rich Grove, California. In 2013, he was captured in Arizona trying to hop over the border to Mexico. At that time, he had an outstanding warrant in Alabama for killing a man execution style. His reason for shooting him was because he made a rude remark to his daughter. When Martinez was arrested and incarcerated in Alabama, he began bragging to his cellmates about his murderous lifestyle, claiming that he had killed more than 40 people all over the country as a hitman since the 1980s. At the same time he was in jail, detectives in Florida managed to connect him to two cold case murders from 2006. The double murders were that of Javier Huerta, who was 20 years old, and Gustavo Olivares Rivas, who was 28. DNA evidence left behind on a cigarette butt obtained from a Mountain Dew can inside the victim's truck is what led the detectives to Martinez. When confronted, he said the killings were related to a cocaine theft and that he had been contracted out to kill them. He said he tortured Gustavo and tied up the men before shooting them multiple times. By April 8, 2014, prosecutors in two California counties had charged Martinez with 11 contract killings done between the years of 1980 and 2011. About nine of the killings occurred in Tulare County, while two of them happened in Kern. Surprisingly, Martinez never denied the accusations, He refused to divulge who he had worked for but confessed to various crimes he had been charged with as for motive many of them he saw as simply jobs that he was paid to do he was a debt collector who was tasked with collecting money for the cartels as well as being their hitman however there were also killings including the one in alabama where the victim simply rubbed martinez the wrong way these were personal vendettas one of which he said was a person who kept parking in his mother's driveway. According to Martinez's lawyer, he's a likable and polite man. He said that he took on the jobs because that's how he fed and supported his family, and when asked why he confessed to the crimes, Jose said he just wanted to get the trial off his back. Jose Martinez was handed down 10 consecutive life sentences for the crimes, even though only 11 murders would be linked to him. Police and authorities believe he may have been involved in up to 32 slayings. Every day we encounter scary and mysterious stories that many of us don't know what to make of. These are just a handful, but there's still so much more to discover. If you enjoyed this video, then remember to subscribe to our channel. We have many new scary mysteries coming out every single week that we're sure you'll enjoy. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next week.